All right. Um, hello and welcome to Hello Governor of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is, introduce yourself, good sir. Yo, so my name is Henry Mason, uh, a voice actor and ADR scriptwriter for anime. So first question is the obvious one. How did you get started? Oh, man, we're going there. Jeez, you know, I really should have like an answer to this question that's like succinct. Um, I guess, you know, I guess it was back in 2011. I, I don't know. I really don't know what prompted me to even try it, but I tried doing some kind of like, I guess you could call it like a fan dub thing of my own, like a little project of mine that it was just me. Nobody else was involved in this. I did it and it felt good. I didn't really know how it felt beyond that. Um, but it felt cool. I was interested in it. Um, I started kind of doing it on my own for fun as like a hobby that I didn't really tell anyone about for a year. Um, but then I was like, I want to get good at this. Like I want to get better at at doing it. I feel like it'd be more enjoyable. Uh, and I wouldn't cringe at myself listening back to it. So I reached out to, you know, what everybody does is reach out to people asking for classes and workshops. And I eventually found a mentor and, and learned under him for a few years and then went off to college and did theater and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, that, that's how it all started. I think, I think honest to God, I think it might've started with a sword art online, uh, fan dub as cringe. And as that sounds, I think that's what started it. Sword Art Online has fans? What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, back... Okay, there are a lot of fans still, but back in 2012... Oh my god, dude. Who wasn't a fan of Sword Art? And then episode, like... What was it? Like 14 came out? And everyone was like, alright, well, next show. I mean, it's still going. <laughs> you know, they're still making no, more it's, of it. No, it's so. good. It is. It's good. But Sword Art's great. I mean, it's kind of like that feel-good show you can go back to and be like, oh my god. It's like, it's not like a Naruto feel good where you can go back and be like, oh my God, I'm reliving my childhood. I don't know how to describe it. It's just sword art. Sword art is sword art. I don't know how else you can really describe it. Um, but yeah, maybe Alfheim was a mistake. I, I do like the fact that they introduced like an, a villain who wears like a skull and has like a hood and he has like the the most edgy name ever. I I don't remember his name, but he was like, really edgy and i'm like okay i you know you've given up on this franchise (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like overlord (laughs) overlord that's another one that's it's like four seasons of this who's watching this why is there four seasons really i've heard i have friends who love overlord um i haven't i haven't watched it but i have friends who, who rave about it and like are mega fans one of my friends albeit is like this show is 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 you know, it's like you know junk food but i'm addicted to it um that was his way of describing it i have no i have no uh preconceived notions of it i've never seen it so i can't talk about it but my friends think it's great maybe i gotta check it out so what made you want to get into anime specifically uh you know i i just i loved anime i got into it probably in like 2009 um well no i guess well, Naruto was probably my first anime, um, but I really got into it with like Clannad and stuff like that, Air um, Air Gear, 
Um, what else? All those shows kind of got me into it. Death Note, of course, Code Geass. And so I was a big fan of it. Um, I always thought it was cool. I always thought the idea of doing voiceover was cool. So, um, so I tried it. And the more I kind of learned about doing voiceover for anime and writing for anime and stuff, it just seemed like a medium of acting that I really gravitated towards and creativity more so than theater and uh, on camera and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a double-edged sword in the you get one take kind of thing where anime is so fast, you kind of get that one or two takes maybe. Um, it kind of makes you go all out, uh, make yourself vulnerable and just go like balls to the wall immediately and take no prisoners, everything. And I like that mindset. And I think anime kind of demands that of you. So, so yeah, anime is cool. And how was the dubbing process for you? Was that easy to get into or was that hard? Oh man. Uh, yeah, I I don't think, I think it, it maybe gets a little easier, but honestly, it's still pretty hard for me. Uh, it's hard not to get married to the idea of, oh, I have to make sure this syncs up or or I'm going to be causing trouble and I'm going to be holding back time. And if we go over time, I'm going to be, you know, a hindrance to the process. And I think that mindset kind of took hold of me at the beginning of it where I was just making sure it synced. But when they played it back, sometimes I'd be like, is, wait, that's not how I wanted to do it. Maybe I should, and then, you know, we'd be on the next loop or the next scene. I'd be like, oh, well, all right, well, maybe this one. Uh, I've gotten better at letting go of that and kind of just trusting myself, trusting my instincts. And, and more than anything, I think being an ADR script adapter has taught me to trust the adapter. You know, if they've done a good job and the script isn't too cooked up, uh, you can trust the adapter and have a loose idea of what the sync needs to be. But on that first take, if you trust the adapter and trust the writing and just go for it, more often than not, it's going to sync up pretty well. Um, but yeah, letting go of that, that, that kind of like stranglehold sync had on me in the beginning has really helped me with the dubbing. And out of all the projects you've um, done ADR script writing for, which one would you say was the hardest to adapt? Ooh. Ooh. There's like, there's like a bunch of different answers for this. Uh, oof. You know, I'll divide it up like this. So Eden Zero was really hard because we didn't have a client really giving too many notes on the drafts. It was kind of like, I would do the draft, it would go to a supervisor, and then it would go to the director, and the director would make any last minute edits, and it would go to air, you know? We didn't have that kind of, uh, that kind of, how do you want to put it? You know, like a client looking over us and, and saying, oh, maybe this is too far, oh, maybe this, um, needs to be accurate to the manga, this term. You know, you have a lot of questions all the time. And without the answers, it can be tricky. So with Eden Zero, I was like, you know, <laughs> reading the manga right next to it, uh, 
fact-checking every scene, making sure a term wasn't thrown out. At some points, characters' names were different in the anime than the manga, and I was like, what is going on? So all these questions were coming up. Um, there is such a you know big freedom and responsibility that comes with ADR script adapting, especially without a client. Uh, and in InZero, we get to explore that. And I think we did it justice in that everything was so conversational and it felt very real and lived in. It didn't have that stilted anime dialogue that can sometimes strangle a show to death. Um, so that was hard and that we had the freedom to, you know, to work in. What's the saying with great responsibility comes yada, 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 something. Um, so that's why Eden Zero was hard. I think the hardest had to be Demon Slayer. Honestly, I think the pressure, the pressure of it being Demon Slayer, um, even beforehand, there was like a meeting where they, they, they brought me into a meeting. They were like, hey, this is a big deal. Um, no, they didn't say this verbatim, but it was kind of like, don't mess up. You know, <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, uh, all that pressure there. And the clients were very, very, very helpful on Demon Slayer, um, but also very strict on what could be said, what couldn't be said. And uh, it was for the best, you know. It wasn't so much a noose as it was kind of a guideline. Um, because Demon Slayer is set in this specific part of, you know, Japanese history in this specific time period. So certain words can't be used. We had one issue where it was punching bag. Yeah, I think the translation was like, uh... Oh, Zenitsu is getting used as a punching bag or something like that. And that couldn't fly because punching bags didn't exist. So we had to localize to training dummy, I think. But but training dummy kind of takes away the the um localized nuance, you know? You don't say somebody's being used as a training dummy, but who knows? Maybe in Demon Slayer in their world, that is the uh the saying. That is how it goes. But yeah, I think those two were probably the most difficult um, in their own ways. And they're very opposite ways. They were. I, I can imagine there there was there would be a lot of pressure working on a show like Demon Slayer because it's it's this huge popular show and there's this huge fan base and Oh for real. Yeah. Oh my god, you have no idea, dude. I especially after Eden Zero, I got some hate messages and stuff, and I was like, oh god, I'm gonna get railed on this show. But uh, the the reception was amazing, you know, especially for a dub in this day and age. I feel like dubs get hated on so often. I was kind of like pleasantly surprised to see all the love it was getting. Um, yeah, I, I was actually surprised by that, but I shouldn't be. We, you know, we worked so hard on it. Me and Lucian. Lucian was the script supervisor on Demon Slayer. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, the, the pressure was was definitely on and. And uh, I think I can say that I should. I'm putting you in that position again. I think I can say this. Um, but I, I got to audition for Demon Slayer, um, and that was that was interesting. That was a new thing I hadn't had happen before, where I'm auditioning to be on the show I'm writing. So that 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 presented all sorts of all sorts of mental obstacles, but. But yeah, Demon Slayer all in all was was terrific. And I couldn't be happier with how it came out. Plus, I mean, it had a really great cast. So I think that helped as oh well. Oh my God. For real. Knockout cast. And it was so funny. Um, 
Oh my gosh. Uh, Ray Chase voicing uh, Tengen. It's so funny because I had just written Eden Zero with him voicing Professor Weiss. Have you have you seen Eden Zero? No, I haven't. Okay, well, Professor Weiss is just like Tengen. He's like this jerk, kind of cocky, butthole, uh, cool guy. So basically Tengen without like the – Tengen's not very toxic. No, he, he's pretty like positive and upbeat jerk, you know? Um, but yeah, it was kind of that same kind of nuance. So it was funny getting to write for two of his characters in a row like that and getting to kind of be like, oh, man, Ray Chase would sound great saying this line, this has to work. I know this is a translation, but this would just it would work so well. And getting to write that and, and see it come to life was awesome. Uh, did you do that and hope that he would notice that the, the characters are similar? <laughs> uh, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe there was one or two lines where I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll... <laughs> but for the most part, I was just like, no, I, I think he's got a good good grasp on this kind of archetype you know that's it's like his bread and butter like he also voices um the name is his name hayama hayama and uh in kuroko no basket he's like the you know the jerk basketball player um yeah that's just his bread and butter so i i knew whatever i wrote he was just gonna completely nail i mean he's got that ar- archetype down i mean he's like he can play villains he can play like cocky you know, right douchebags so you know it's it's fine exactly you know, you exactly you don't have to worry about it sounding stilted <laughs> i know and every time i get an audition for a cocky douchebag i'm like ah oh, great well you know who would sound great at this right, right would sound good and then like two months go by and he gets cast and i'm like oh well yeah, i i screwed myself <laughs> he's too good does it feel weird hearing all these like amazing actors um deliver the dialogue you wrote oh my god it's surreal um yeah, it's absolutely surreal. Like, I think the latest one where it was just like mind blowing to me was Tiger and Bunny season two, which just just came out on Netflix like a week ago. Um, and you know that's like that's crazy. That's Yuri Lowenthal, uh, voicing Barnaby in that, and so many other people. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't know how I'm how I'm writing for these people. It's it just it was mind blowing to me. It was like. Wow, like younger me would be just just blown away that I'm writing uh, Liam O'Brien's lines right now, and then watching it, it's like, yeah, oh wow, it worked good. They didn't have to, you know, scrap it in the in the uh, in the session because sometimes uh, I definitely did this with Demon Slayer. I'll pull up the show when it comes out, and I'll pull up my script and be like, let's see, let's see what changes they had to make if they had to make any, you know. Um, and with Demon Slayer, it was like little to none that just goes to show you like how just how on we were with that show but yeah sometimes you're looking at it and you're like oh they changed that well rip oh well yeah you can tell um a dub is good when no one's complaining about it online (laughs) Uh, yeah it's it's a phenomenon when that happens and you know what it's like it's just bound to happen dude and i don't know i don't know what the reasons are sometimes like I'll see people hating on like the Code Geass dub or like the Death Note dub. And I'm like, like, where's the bar at that point? It's like, because that's like the best of the best. Like nothing gets better than that. So when people say that, I'm like, oh, okay, you just kind of hate everything. So 
their credibility kind of goes out the window, you know, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, some people, I think they're probably just used to the Japanese if they're hearing it first. So English is, is foreign to them and, and it could be vice versa. You know, you hear the English dub first. So the Japanese might sound odd. So, yeah, sometimes you can't please everybody. And I learned that really fast. Hey, Ma, I made it. Uh, random people are sending me hate on Twitter over this. Literally, thing. <laughs> literally, dude. And it's not even like, you know, I'm trying to think like what kind of what kind of hate would make me laugh? Like, I always thought, you know, if I got a hater, it'd be funny. You know, if you get like a hater that was like, uh, this guy sucks or I, I don't even know. I just thought it'd be funny. But more often than not, it's just like concerning. I get these like, like manifestos sent to me. Like just crazy, you know, the kind of messages we just scroll down and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, this is actual illness. I'm like, all right, well, that was weird. Uh, I can close my DMs for the day. It's like, you just want to reply. You do know it's fake, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, for real. It's more often than not people upset with, uh, script adaptions of stuff and and the way I handled maybe a translation or or something but I, I have to I, I don't respond more often than not I don't, I don't think I don't think the people that send these kind of messages want an open dialogue um, if it was somebody who had a genuine concern and was a question or something like that I'd be more than happy to reply and like talk it out but more often than not these people just kind of want to like you released anger on somebody for something and it wasn't the exact way. And you know, more often than not, I'm like, dude, sorry. Like the lip flaps just didn't allow it. I'm like, you know, if the line was, we got to go to school tomorrow and the lip flaps were like four syllables. It's, it's just not going to work, man. You know, I'm sorry. I had to cut tomorrow, but it's going to be, we've got to go to school. Or we got to go tomorrow and we got to cut school. Like, you know, it can be small stuff like that. People are are upset about. Um, I can understand bigger changes. But but even with that, there's a lot behind the scenes people aren't seeing. Uh, You know, dialogue with the clients. um, Figuring out what they want to be in the show. And sometimes I see people upset at a dub choice where they're like, oh, I don't I don't agree with the script on this and this big change and blah, 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 the script adapter's fault. It's probably not their fault. And honestly, it, it probably isn't a fault at all. If the client requested it, it was the creator's intention. So at that point, it's like, well, you know, it, it's it's kind of the show at that point. So you're just upset at the show. I mean, a lot of people complained about the Eva dub, the Netflix version. That's exactly but, what I was thinking. Yeah, of but when but I was like about, most yeah. of those changes were from the the clients. So yeah. So know, what do you do at that point? It's yeah. like, well, the, either they don't get the show or I don't. It's like, if, well, what do you do? So all those translation issues and all the d- different dialects and all that stuff. That's that's all the company. That's that's what they wanted, and like they're, the voice actors' hands are tied. I mean, it's funny you mentioned Ray Chase because I remember an interview with him. He was asked about, it and he's like, "No, um, all my decisions in that were, you know, that's what the client wanted. That's what they told me." 
So if you have a problem oh, with yeah. it, you know, it's the client, not me. Yeah, especially I mean, especially as a voice actor. If you're a voice actor, you have no say in what happens, you know. And it, it, it I mean, maybe you do, you do if you're like uh, friendly with the director or something like that, or friendly with the writer. But otherwise, you know, you're there to voice the characters. You're not there to make creative liberties and and like uh, make changes to the script and stuff. That's just not your job when you're there. So it's like it's out of it's out of our hands at that point. And look, there are some localization issues I don't like. I mean, you know, let, let's be honest. Like if you're a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fan, you're going to hate the localized names. Like no matter what, because they're some of them are fine, but a lot of them are just, <laughs> oh boy. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> like, I know some people took issue with uh, or take issue with. A lot of the Yu-Gi-Oh localization names they do, but I honestly find them kind of charming, and and I think they make the characters a little bit more memorable, um, especially for a Western audience. I think it's necessary, but I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, changing Aerosmith to Little Bomber. I mean, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, it, like, it's fine, and I'm. I'm used to that. Like, that's why, like, I'm like, you know, if I'm going to watch JoJo, I got to watch it subbed first because I want the, you know, I want the, the correct stand names because they say the correct stand names. And then you'll watch the dub where they say, where they'll say the localized mm-hmm. names and it's weird. And like, every time I watch Stone Ocean, I'm like, I know Kira Buckland is saying Stone Ocean, but it's stone free. So, you know, I got to get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it can be kind of a shock. Like I said, if you're coming from the Japanese or you're a manga reader, it, it can be a shock seeing the localized version. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I totally I totally get that. But yeah, remember, you know, it is the studio's decision and it is it is the client's decision. So this is how they wanted you to hear it. This is how they wanted you to see it. There, There's some truth behind that, you know? And I'm fine with it. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, it's a minor inconvenience, but I'm not going to be sending Viz Media hate, ma- hate mail or whatever on Twitter. I'm like, it's fine. It's it's whatever. Like, Yeah, of course. Exactly. It's like, all right, well, cool. Let, let the dub watchers have the dub and you can keep the manga and sub as your as your canon, so to speak, you know? Yeah, it's it's fine. And that's why, like, whenever I have, like, a JoJo person on, I, I always refer to the correct stand names i don't refer to you know to to the localized names i mean no offense sure to the a little local- bomber yeah i mean <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> god what was it like green day was green tea oh god <laughs> <laughs> that's great so so stupid but there are some like really really good ones like they changed a metallica to metallic i'm like okay that that makes sense you know, Stone Ocean to from uh, Stone Free to Stone Ocean. That's that that makes sense. You know, Gold Experience to Gold um, to to Golden Wind. That's fine, but it's like stuff like Limp Limp Biscuit becomes Limp Biscuit. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what it is. You know, you you should genuinely, you know, if you genuinely have an issue. Uh, you could probably DM the script adapter on Twitter or whatever, and just and just ask like, "Hey, you know, what was this the client's decision? If so, do you know why?" I'm just genuinely curious, and I'm sure they'd be more than happy to to tell you. It's mostly because of copyright, because they're worried that the bands might, you know. Of get, course. Well, there you get, go. Well, there you, you know? go. So then there you go. Yeah, nobody wants that. 
Yeah, because like while in Japan, it's fine because copyright laws in Japan are not, you know, are different and it's not. That's so funny. Is that really why? (laughs) No, I mean, it's not worth the bands suing them. Like, you know, it's like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's hysterical. (laughs) It's like, imagine, imagine Kiss, like trying to get upset over this. (laughs) Like, come on. I mean, yeah, that's fair. They, (laughs) they could, I, I could see it. Dude, the music industry is very cannibalistic when it comes to copyright they, they don't care they'll I mean, eat anyone alive i mean yeah but like you know if you're taking it to court in japan it's a different legal oh, system true, true. and it's like it's not worth it i i feel like it's not worth it but that's why i think that's it, fair but i mean if if you're localizing it in english then they'll go after you then they'll be like mm-hmm. oh you're using our copyrights when oh yeah then they can get you because it's not in the context of the band. It's in the context of JoJo, where if you've read the manga, you know that all the stand names are named after bands, and that's mm-hmm. why. So, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I'm fine with it. Like I said, like I, there are some localization choices I don't, I don't like. Like I, I, I've said this before. I don't like it when localizers try to add in like American pop culture references into to the script. I don't like that. I feel like that's kind of yeah. yeah, you you know, hmm, I'm gonna, I, hmm, yeah, that that is tricky. I see it, because it does kind of change the integrity of the show, right? Is that what you're getting at? It just seems out of place that this like it seems um, out of place. It just hmm. seems out of place that this um, a Japanese high school kid is mentioning Oprah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah, I can get that. It really is up to the. The script adapter and the client at that point, um, but that that's totally fair. You know, maybe they do want to localize it in into you know a Western audience because they won't understand whatever the references they're making. If it's a talk show host in Japan that nobody really knows of, unless you're a local, um, that would make sense to me. Um, or if it's a joke, see, usually things like that are in places of jokes comedy and anime translating it from japanese to english is really really hard uh more often than not because it just doesn't translate well the comedy aspect doesn't translate well the jokes sometimes have a different meaning over there um and there's stuff that just doesn't it doesn't carry over to the english language so more often than not as a script adapter sometimes you're left with like one or two keywords uh a question or setup line beforehand, the the punchline, the comedy line doesn't translate well. And then after, people laughing. Okay, so you're like, go make make a funny, and you're like, oh oh oh, okay, I got to make a funny with this scenario. So I can understand when it comes up then, but but yeah, but yeah, the pop references are, are, are maybe maybe a little too tongue in cheek. I see what you're saying. It just takes me out of it. Like it takes me mm-hmm. out of the experience sometimes, where it's like, oh okay, I feel like that. That was clearly ad libbed, and that's that must have been funny during recording. But it's like really, it t- takes me out of it when I'm watching the show. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I I totally empathize with that. See, yeah, is there an example <laughs> that 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 comes to mind? I I didn't like the high school uh, DXD dub. I mean, I feel like that they tried way too hard to make that funny with adding like way too many pop culture references. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. High school D and D is that. Which one is that? It's Give me the, like a. 
It's the one the summer, with the, yeah. It's the it's the it's a heavy fan service anime. Okay, okay. So the, the right one, High School of the Dead, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, okay, not High okay. School of the Dead. The the other one, the other one. Okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, so you know, hmm, it's hard to, yeah, shows like that where it's so maybe fan servicey, slice of lifey, and like lighthearted and fun and like comedic. Um. Was that was that kind of does that kind of describe it? Yeah, yeah, it's very fan service. Yeah, it, it's hard not to lean into that a little bit with shows like that. Um, yeah, maybe maybe pop references is a bad is a bad uh, way to phrase it, or is a bad way of of doing it of localizing it. Maybe like utilizing slang a bit more uh, kind of gets that across without being so tongue in cheek and like on the nose. Um, I think slang does it a bit better, you know, maybe just localizing it a bit. So it feels it a bit more conversational and kind of has that, that funny, funny wit, but it doesn't, doesn't quite have that, that kind of grimace it gives you when you hear that, like, oh, that, oh, oh, why am I saying Oprah, that Oprah reference or some kind of pop culture reference? Cause I, I do know what you mean. It can be kind of grating when it comes out of nowhere and you're like, I, I know that wasn't in, I know that wasn't really in the show. You know, that's kind of the sentiment it gives, right? Yeah, but I mean, that's that's something I've seen that's that's not very common anymore because, I mean, it, it was common like back in like the, the 2010s, but mm-hmm. now that anime is more like more popular than ever, you're starting to see more, you know, most dubs avoid that now because they know it's like, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to try to localize it, but we're not going to take it that far anymore. Cause that's mm-hmm. just, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is true too. The clients probably are, um, you know, part of that reason. I think you rarely see it with, with shows of a serious nature or any kind of like um, stakes at play, you know, stuff like shield hero, demon slayer, um, shows with like, like a sense of gravitas to them, but shows like High School DxD and um, Slice of Life stuff kind of uh, kind of lends itself to that that playful tongue in cheek humor where it kind of fits in more. So you know, I could see it. I- I'm sure like there might be one in Don't Toy with Me, Miss Nagatoro. I haven't seen the dub yet, but I'm sure there could be one there. It- it's just that kind of show, you know. I mean, and that's fine. I I don't mind that because mm-hmm. it's like okay, if it's like a one-off reference, then okay, whatever. Or if it's like if you're doing a comedy thing and you want to sneak in like a an obscure sports reference that no one's gonna get but you, then go for it. Like because it's like mm-hmm. okay, it's comedy, and you know, you know, let me see if I can sneak in like this really obscure reference that no one's gonna get but me, and I'm fine with that because it's like okay, you're it's obviously comedic. It's obviously. You know, they're you know you're not meant to be like you know you're not doing uh, code code Geass, okay? You're not like, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> no one's like waxing philosophy, you know, waxing poetic about life or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You can't have Lelouch make a D's nuts joke in the middle of his speech to you know conquer the world. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> see, see, that's where the idea starts. It starts with that would be amazing, and then you write it, and then you, you know, it goes and it airs. Then you hear why? Why did Delouche make a D's nuts joke? And then we end up on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but I mean, I say that because I'm a huge Johnny Young Bosch fan, and I, I, I oh, same. That. I will take that. He's amazing. I'm sure he's done it. I'm sure somebody's had him do it shamelessly. <laughs> I'm sure somebody walked up to my con and made him do that. <laughs> no, but I mean, anime localization has changed so much over the years, and it it's it boggles my mind that people still think like, oh, you know, people don't take dubs seriously anymore. No, like everyone, uh, everyone who's worked on dubs isn't like. They're not going in there saying, "Oh, we're gonna make we want to make this shitty as possible because oh, we don't we don't like the Japanese version." It's like no, they just want to make the best version of of the of the of the show. Quite literally, yeah. I mean, more often than not, uh, the goal every time I write a script is making it better than the sub. Uh, and there are a lot of of sub enjoyers. I'm a sub enjoyer too, but look, there are a lot of sub enjoyers who are completely turning a blind eye to just how much does it make sense half the time. If you go and really read the subs of a show you're watching, like really read them out loud to yourself, you'll be like, what just happened? Like, what did they just say? Like, that that doesn't make sense, you know? But they go, eh, who cares? It's a sub. But, you know, you don't have that liberty with the dub. With the dub, you understand everything that's being said. You understand the nuances because you're from this culture. You understand the Western nuances of what they're saying and the inflections. So it all has to be very conversational, which anime is sometimes, all the time, very not, very not conversational. There was a a very tricky part in Demon Slayer. I want to say it was episode like two or three of season two in the entertainment district. I remember the scene. I don't remember verbatim what they said. Uh, and whoever does know what they said is going to say, oh, you misquoted it wrong. Uh, I know I'm about to misquote it, but there was a scene in – it was between these two little girls, and one of them was like, oh, people keep vanishing, or somebody just fell out the window yesterday. I'm also very hungry. What do you think about that? And then she said something like, oh, okay, understood. Let's go get her. And it was like, what what, what, what was just said? And it was like, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to the flow of conversation or how they got from point A to Z. So it's like you're writing in B to Y without, you know, jeopardizing the show's integrity or adding in any new events or any new thoughts. So it's like, okay, well, that that's doable. But then the lip flaps for Demon Slayer in particular were very, very, very short for everything. So sometimes they'd be you know, reading an encyclopedia on one line and have three flaps. And you're like, all right, well, <laughs> time to take out the butcher's knife and start cutting. Um, so more often than not, what you'd have to do is kind of pick your battles to surrender to. If I had a loop that was super, super short, but a lot of dialogue, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to surrender this loop, but I'm going to get this dialogue and information in the next one maybe. If it's too long, you know, I can somehow work it in there and make the conversation flow right. Um, so, yeah, g- getting that conversationality is it's just it's uh, a lot harder than it sounds. But more often than not, the dubs do a great job of that and making the the scenes feel like a conversation, which in the sub, which I'm sure you're familiar with, is, can sometimes just sound like random words being thrown at the screen you know oh no i don't i forgot the anime exactly but like there was this one anime where this the villain just goes on this long monologue for like 
hours on end. I think it might have been oh, Helsing. Might have been Helsing Ultimate, the general or whatever. The there's this like there's a scene in Helsing Ultimate where he goes on this like really long speech. And in the dub, you know, it makes sense because it's like, you know, master race, whatever, blah, 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 Nazi vampires, what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you watch it subbed, it makes no sense. And it goes on and on and on. And I'm like, is there a point to this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's even harder, you know, localizing that being like, well, great. If there's no point, then what am I writing? Yeah. I, I mean, Thomas and Jaffe, who was the... um director on that said like that that took him like three days to record <laughs> for the actor <laughs> and him like, it took them, like really yeah it took them three days to record that because it just made no sense in the subbed version that's hysterical man i wish we had that kind of time today i mean <laughs> we probably have 30 seconds to record that oh don't you just love it when they tell you like oh we need something changed now but it's already done now. <laughs> yeah, that that actually happened a few times on Engage Kiss while we were doing it. Um, it was so funny. I, throughout Engage Kiss, I voiced a bunch of one-off characters and some other characters. And in this one episode, I voiced like five or six one-off characters who all had like, you know, one, two or three lines, right? And I was like, okay, great. I did them. We recorded them. And then as soon as I stepped out of the booth recording and checked my email... I got client notes and it was revisions for all the characters I just voiced. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, of course, I was the first one to record this new script. And I'm like, the only one that has all these revisions. I'm like, great. Well, we can either, I'm trying to think what the line was. Oh, oh, I remember. One of them was like, the this guy talking to his girlfriend, leaving a scene. He was like, oh man, hey, how about we get some Korean barbecue later? It was like in the background. It was almost like background dialogue. And I was like, oh, that works. That was the translation. I was like, that works for, you know, Korean barbecue. And they said, no, we want, we want it to be Japanese barbecue. How about some Japanese barbecue later? And I was like, uh, okay, well, if you want to, you know, reschedule a whole session just to re-record that, I think it's fine. They were like, re-record it. And I was like, all right, well, there you go. So yeah, that, that does happen quite a bit. Yeah, and it's scary because I've talked to people who... You know, they're told like, you know, the day of it's like, hey, we need something changed quick before this airs. And I'm like, I can't imagine dealing with that sort of pressure. I just really can't, honestly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. I, it's more so on the uh, the project managers. They're the real magicians here that kind of get everything lined up, all the sessions lined up, all the paperwork filled out in time. Um, they're like the real heroes behind everything, honestly, but they don't they don't get enough love. Well, because no one wants to be like, yeah, I I did all the all the paperwork for Demon Slayer. <laughs> Dude, my... I would say that. Oh my god, I can't imagine. <laughs> like, where's my convention appearance? <laughs> yeah, for real. Where's my convention appearance? <laughs> Speaking of conventions, have you done any conventions? No, nobody wants to to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You know, you played a really popular character on Fire Emblem, I would imagine. <laughs> like, Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And we'll see. Maybe this year I'll start reaching out to conventions and see if they they, they want me. Um, I just have like this this gut feeling that if I do, I'm going to be like, all right, here I am, you know, and set up my little my little table, whatever. And and then everybody go, ah, who's that guy? Hey, what are, what are you selling? Oh, oh, you're all right. All right, bye. No, I don't, I don't want. No, 
why would I want your autograph? And that would be my experience. Oh, that's that's why I think like it's best to wait until you have like yeah the role, you know the yeah, thing until you have like a lot of credits, so then you can make a lot yeah, of exactly. prints, and then you can go to conventions. And... Oh, making the prints! Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like the thing to do. It seems like yeah. um yeah, I wouldn't mind even just just talking on a panel. It'd be nice talking on a panel about script adapting at the very least, just to kind of like hear. Hear the Twitter hate threads in person and and, and answer some questions, you know? Uh, what was the one line that people hated the most from you? Oh, God. What is wrong with you? You're trying to make me relive my trauma. Um, Oh, man. The one line. God, I feel like, ugh. oh, you know. You know what? I'm going to say there was one. That I think is good. I think it's genius, actually. I think any script adapter who looks at this line is going to say, that was witty. That was clever and that was smart. It was in the second half of Eden Zero. Um, Rebecca is in a battle against, I forget his name. Oh, man. Is in a battle against somebody. And this guy is like an otaku. Okay, that's his, that's like his meme. That's his thing. He's an otaku, and he's talking about how the manga is always better than the anime. It's all about the source material and all this stuff, and they're joking about it. Um, and I forget what the translation was that Rebecca says, because the line before was the manga is always better than the anime, and Rebecca winks the camera and says a line before it goes to a break, and the line was something like, uh. I couldn't agree more or something like that. It was something along the lines of that. Something very generic. And what fit perfectly in the lip flaps was except for this show. And she winks at the camera. Kind of that fourth wall break kind of thing. It was a little tongue in cheek. But you know what? It fit perfectly. You know, the whole the whole scene was tongue in cheek. The character was tongue in cheek. The whole manga being better than the anime kind of thing. So I, I think it was valid. And I had somebody sent me a, like a hate thread manifesto on that line, but honestly, I think it was uh, I think it was witty localization. It went through supervisors and everything, and uh, I stand by it. I think it delivered the comedy that that lacked in the uh, the translation. So there you go. Crucify me. How dare you imply the anime is better than the manga? <laughs> I know that was probably that's what did it. That's probably what did it. I mean, you already have like the sub versus dub people, but then you get into the people who are like, oh, the, the manga is always better than the anime. And that's a whole other conversation. That's like, who are you people? Where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. See, you, you get lines like that where people just some people get some people loved it. And you know what? It's the vocal minority that I'm really expressing here. But a lot of people liked that line in the adaption of, of Eden Zero. Um but it goes both ways. There was a line in Demon Slayer that I always try and get one line in that's, that's kind of clever and witty. Um, not too tongue-in-cheek where it takes you out of it like a pop culture reference or anything. But there's a line where Tengen is talking to um, Daki after defeating her the first time uh, before Gyotaro spawns in. Um, and she's crying and screaming about her being an upper rank and... Um, I forgot what the original translation was, 
uh, it must have been something along the lines of like, um, it doesn't look like it or something like that or something that didn't really feel conversational. And I think I ended up making it don't care, didn't ask, kind of going off that like L plus ratio, don't care, didn't ask meme. Um, but it fit perfectly. The don't care, didn't ask fit with Azui's character. That's just who he is. It fit the sentiment of the scene. It was a kind of comedic shot. Um, and people love that line, you know? It just goes to show you, it, it really is a kind of a coin flip. I mean, I remember getting on this subreddit of Demon Slayer after it came out. Because um, I was like, to see what people think or people took issue with. And the top post was was that line. And it was like, uh, common script adapter W for Demon Slayer, something like that. It was like the top comment. Just so funny. It was like, wow, like people really took a liking like to that. Maybe it's the Demon Slayer fan base. Maybe... I, I just gotten better at it in time. Who knows? But it really does feel like a coin flip sometimes. I, I mean, I've noticed that the Demon Slayer fandom hasn't been like overtly vocal about anything, you know, dub wise. Like it's always oh, jokes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's some pretty vocal stuff. I mean, you go type in Demon Slayer dub on Twitter. Uh, and, yeah, and well, I mean, can... Twitter, obviously. I mean, I'm not... Well, saying... yeah, 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 that's fair. Or or the YouTube comment section, you know, literally anywhere. Um, But there's always that, the vocal minority, you know? People aren't going to go online to post how good something is. They're always going to go online to post how bad it is, right? Yeah, that's why, like, it's... That's why I always, like, just follow, like dub highlights on twitter because i'm like i just want to see mm-hmm. someone talk positive about stuff yeah that makes <laughs> oh man i gotta follow them then yeah that <laughs> makes sense some positivity for real man no i mean but it's like yeah okay i mean if you're going on twitter or reddit or any of those places yeah you're always gonna find someone complaining about that i mean just go to the anime subreddit and just say you know just <laughs> the quickest way to get downvoted on there is just just say I like this dub, and then just like you'll <laughs> really. That's so funny. <laughs> like I'm pretty. Oh sure. my god. I'm pretty sure you know. Just find like you know. Just wait until the Chainsaw Man dub comes out, and everyone hates it, and then you'll be like, I like this dub, and then and then you just like get downvoted to oblivion. Oh man, the Chainsaw Man dub. I was, I was like crossing my fingers for so long. I was getting an audition for that, and I it didn't, and I was like, ah, oh, god damn it. Yeah, that would have been a cool one to get an audition for. That was one I was really holding out for. But I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you know, you're you already got Ryan as the, as the lead, so and he's oh, yeah. he's and he's phenomenal. So, oh yeah, you know, we'll see. He's something else for sure. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, I just I just find it weird. Like every time I talk to a voice actor who does anime, it's like there's always going to be like they always have like one or two stories about dealing with with negative negative negativity. And I kind of wish that that wasn't that wasn't the case because it's like they're just doing their jobs, man. Guys, you know, come on, you know, I, I'm not asking you to like the dub. I'm just saying, like, hey, can you just like ease up with the hate, please? It's Kind of, yeah. yeah, kind of overbearing at this point. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of haters out there. Um, you know, you can't please them, but you know, it's it's funny. I think my friend Lucian, my mentor Lucian, uh, who voices Akaza and Demon Slayer, he was kind of sleuthing on YouTube after the trailer had come out for Mugen Train, and kind of seeing what people thought, like, oh, what do people think of my voice, and 
uh, he goes to the comments section and somebody, somebody posts a comment that's like, man, this, this dub is trash. Akaza's meh. And he was like, that's a big win. Like, damn, even the hater thought I was just meh. That's great. Like, meh is what you're going for for the haters. Like, if the hater thinks it's a meh, that's a W. I thought it was so funny. I think my funniest hater comment was I was like searching for a clip of this like one fight scene and I saw this like tread on Reddit talking about like fi- fight scene animations and he's like here's a link to a YouTube clip of this of this like anime fight ignore the shitty dub. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, that's so cooked. Wow. That is cooked up, man. Yeah, I mean, you really can't please everybody. And that's just what you have to remember at the end of the day. And I wish I'd known that before kind of like opening myself up to all the, the um, you know, negative feedback and stuff is, is knowing you, you can't please everyone. But as long as you are pleasing most people and, and having a really good effect on it and doing the best work you can and then knowing it's the best work you can do and the best work the show is going to get, at the end of the day, that's really all you can hope for. Because at the end of the day, like you, you really just can't do much, and uh, but you know, just do the best job you can. Really, like you can't exactly, and and just strive to make it better than the sub. You know, I mean, it seems weird to me. Like we're still having this conversation years later. When uh, I, I always want to tell people who complain about like modern dubs, go hunt down like old OVA dubs from the '90s and early 2000s, and then come back to me and tell me like. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten better when it comes to dubs. Yeah, that that's true. There are some nuggets though back there. There are some really good nuggets. But but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, look, Wendy Lee's great, but even she couldn't save a lot of those shows. Jeez. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, Wendy's great. Yeah, I mean, she's great in a lot of those old shows, but man, a lot of them. Who boy, a lot of them have not aged well. <laughs> Well, you know, I think I think that was just a product of it being so new and and not, you know, everybody really struggled and everybody who does dubbing in the beginning really struggles to figure out how to do it right and where it sounds naturally and and how to make that medium work, you know? So uh, I I totally empathize with that, especially back then when it was so foreign and like not really knowing how it's supposed to be done or like what they're looking for. Or, Who's watching this? You know, I can totally understand the uh, the disconnect. It just has this quality of like cheesiness to it, and not in a good way. Like a lot of really, I I kind of like the corniness <laughs> they have back then. I I like that. I mean, it depends on the dub, but I mean, it depends on like so, some stuff is kind of funny, but other otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just a lot of it. Like oh my uh, god, I guess like, shows with like a yeah, like, like a serious nature to it. Like, oh God, it amazes me. Like, it took them so long to figure out. Oh, we can just hire women to do boys' voices and not like men trying to. <laughs> to you know? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Man, some old dubs though just hit right. Like, uh, like the Hajime no Ippo dub. Oh man, that thing is goaded. I have not seen that, so I need to. Dude, you're lost. You're not alive yet. You're just, you haven't lived. So you watch the Hajime no Ippo dub. It's so good. And another goaded dub on its own, like its own right, is the Ghost Stories dub. I mean, well, that's that's the only dub everybody likes. The haters, that's... <laughs> like everybody likes that dub. <laughs> I wish I could write a Ghost Stories dub script. That would just be so, basically just an abridged script with like no boundaries whatsoever. That's so funny. <laughs> like, 
it's you don't even have to watch the show you can just watch clips on youtube and you pretty much got all the got all you need from that show for real i thought about when i was writing one of the shows i thought about sending my supervisor um on like the last script or something sending him a draft of mine that was just like a ghost stories draft and it was just like a complete abridged nothing made sense everything was like horribly uh vulgar and like comedic and out of touch and him just be like what the hell is this but then i was like you know what on the off chance he he's like taking a day off and being like oh this is fine send it and sends it in you know that would not be good so i was like you know what maybe that's not a good idea <laughs> why is there like a lot of sex jokes in this <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally you know something along the lines of that eating zero you were writing it um uh do you know who, um, well, I think, I think it was him. Basically, we had a director shift in Eden Zero, uh, three, three different directors on it. And the first director, every time we had Professor Weiss crack a joke or something like that or get angry, the director was like, oh, yeah, let's have him curse. If you can have him curse, throw in like a soft curse word in there. Damn shit, you know, crap, whatever. That's just who he is. Like, just throw one in there. I'm like, all right, sweet. I, I usually leave him as alternate lines so he can, like, pick ones. There's not too many, like, you know, shits and craps being thrown around the airwaves. I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll leave an alt for Weiss here. Maybe one a little bit edgier. Well, and one of the director shifts, one of the directors was a total memer and was like, ah, this is great. Love the cursing. Let's just use all the curse lines. So there's, like, <laughs> like one, two, or three episodes where it's just, like, everybody's cursing and it's like oh my god it feels like an abridged series everybody's like dropping uh no one drops the f actually yeah there was an episode where somebody dropped the f-bomb but yeah it's just like oh man had i known there was a director shift i maybe could have avoided that but but just funny i remember watching it looking back like something's not right here why there's so many curse words it's funny too if you watch a series and no one curses and then someone just randomly drops an f-bomb and it's like (laughs) where did that come from (laughs) yeah literally literally yeah and then even funnier (laughs) so even funnier that's happening and i'm like okay okay okay. i I gotta just dial it back and, and not give him any alternate lines so we can't pick that so there's no more curse he can't pick any curse words um well that show was super crunch like we we were working like three days per script, four days per script. And then the client was like, we actually want like even sooner. It's so like two days per script. So they ended up hiring another writer on top of me who would write every other episode for like five episodes. Well, he saw the reference script, with the cursing on it and was like, you know, all right, the gates are open. So he has these like cute characters saying bitch and like I'm like, oh no, this is so cooked. So that yeah, that was a whole ordeal. So that can happen, you know? It just goes to show you how how kind of uh disconnected it can really get sometimes. It's like the domino effect of like one piece goes down, and the yes, rest will follow. Literally. <laughs> Man, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we can't have her saying bitch. Yeah. Oh man. Because I noticed, because like, I noticed, like a lot of animes nowadays, like avoid swearing unless it's like a really hard R-rated yes. 
thing, they tend to avoid swearing. Mm-hmm. So it's so even then, it's kind of weird seeing like a shonen show, and then randomly someone says shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is <clears throat> with swearing and stuff, it has to really be merited. Either it has to be in the original translation, which m- most of the time it is. Most of the time, it's in the OT, and you're like, okay, I got to respect that, but I'll provide a alternate take with like something a bit more toned down so it doesn't become ghost stories. Um, but I, I think the swear words have to be earned by a character um, and that they're so like grating, pissed all the time, just like, um, you know, maybe aloof to stuff like that where they're so bombastic and they're the kind of person who would use a swear word, you know, or it's a situation where a character who wouldn't use a swear word is going like beast mode, like gone transforming into his like Nen state kind of thing, like Aaron going Aaron Titan rage mode, you know, where it's earned. And you're like, OK, this makes sense. It's it's kind of serving a purpose or like a uh, devil man. You know, in his demon form, using these curse words, it's like okay, it's earned and it's serving a greater purpose than just being like, "Oh, cool, I'm using the word bitch." You know, I shall kill you all. Okay, edgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an Aaron line. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I met uh, Bryce Pappenbrook, and he's like one of the nicest dudes ever. And I'm like, how? Are oh, you he Aaron? is. Yeah, like, he really are is. You Aaron. <laughs> you know? It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> It do be like that. Like it's like you're you're the most chill guy ever, and I'm like, how are you, Aaron, dude? Like, how, I, I I'm finding that hard to believe. Uh, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's like almost mm-hmm. like he's an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Um. Anyway, um, I think we've rambled on long enough about anime <laughs> that I think people For are real. Getting, getting sick of this right now. Uh, before we wrap this up, uh, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Oh, man. Yeah, so you can find me online at uh, henrymasonvoice.com. You can find me at henrymasonvoice on Twitter. Don't send me too many hate uh, threads on Twitter. Um, yeah. Uh, what am I working on now? I just wrapped up writing and voicing in Engage Kiss. I think the last few episodes of the dub comes out in the oncoming weeks. Um, trying to think what else am I working on? I can talk about, well, Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens is still going on. That's still coming out. Um, I voiced some dudes in that. Um, yeah, there's two, three shows I'm working on that aren't out yet. Be on the lookout. There's some big stuff coming. Some really cool shows I know people are waiting on that are going to be really good. That are going to be really, really good. Oh, man, that's always the best when you're working on something really big and you're like, oh, when does the NDA clear? <laughs> Dude, there's one show where, like, there's a trailer for it and people know that it's going to be a thing that I wrote. And I'm like, eh, can I can I talk about this? I don't think I can. So I'm like, where did this fucking show go? Is it coming out? Man, that's one. I mean, that's a show I wrote back in last year, last year of October. I wrote. But I'm like, where is it? 
who has the rights i need to talk to them (laughs) no i know i know i I just don't know how far along they are in the process or if it's like they're doing the whole show and then just dumping it on netflix or something i don't know but it's a it's one it's one a lot of people know but yeah it's it's gonna be cool i i I can't say anything else i'm gonna dig myself in like a tom holland (laughs) hole it's like oh yes i not only wrote this but i also star in it as well yeah no i don't i don't i can i can say that with with full confidence (laughs) and um you can also check him out on uh, fire emblem heroes i think it is oh yeah fire emblem heroes oh yeah yeah, so check him out on there if you want to hear him play the iconic character that we did not talk about in this episode because i um forgot <laughs> no no we can tag it on at the end you can ask anything you want about that are you a fire emblem hit fan um i'm i i'm not really that big on heroes all right fair enough like it's like i get it but it's like if it's one of those games where i'm like i don't i don't if, if i go into it i'm I'm gonna be wasting so much money on yeah it's a mobile like, game it's yeah, a mobile it's gotcha like, game you know yeah. gotcha money gotcha <laughs> life yeah exactly yeah so i I'm already playing Cookie Run. I don't, you know, and that's dude. That's... <laughs> I'm like, I'm like seeing all these voice actors talk about they're being in Cookie Run, and I'm like, where the hell are they getting these auditions from, dude? I'm like looking at my email, I'm looking at my agent. I'm like, dude, where the hell is Cookie Run Kingdom, <laughs> Bruh, um, I want to at least audition for it. I mean, isn't Amberly Connors the director? You know, maybe ask her. Maybe she knows. <laughs> oh, is she? Is she yeah, really? she is. Yeah, she directed that. Ah, well, well. Is she casting directed though? I don't know though. Yeah, see, yeah, <laughs> so... the director, the director has no correlation to do with anything <laughs> casting most of the time. But yeah, yeah, that's how it is. Like all projects, I'm like, where, where are people getting these auditions from? And I don't want to ask. It's like you're in this odd state of limbo, and you're like, oh, I don't know. I guess I'll just go download old school RuneScape and waste my life away. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep, because that's the solution. To everything. It's like ah. Uh, I... When when do I get my character? Never. Okay, screw this. You know, no, <laughs> no. that's some that, <laughs> you joke. That sums up. That sums up voiceover in a nutshell. <laughs> and that you can also, sums it up. And you can also hear Henry in um, Stone Ocean, the second part that dropped. So, oh yeah, it's yeah. Guccio <laughs> and some other uh, some other characters in that season that are like some one offs. Yeah, Guccio. <laughs> Does not end well for him. <laughs> no, it didn't start well either. It just he just didn't have a good time. <laughs> From start to finish, it was not a good time. I guess you can say he wasn't a survivor. The people who didn't who don't watch the show have no idea what that reference is. Yeah, they're gonna is. be like huh? <laughs> But uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks, man, uh, for doing this. This has been a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Bro, anytime. Oh, my God. It was so much fun talking to you. Seriously. Yeah. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a good one, man.